0: Welcome to the Creepy Coffee House, where you serve up your weekly dose of spooky stories. I'm Amber. And I'm Ashlyn. And welcome to our show. This is episode 21 of our podcast about spooks and scary stuff. I feel like we recorded way more than 21 episodes. We have, but like the double shots and like all the re-records. Oh, God. We're probably at like (laughs) forty. Oh God. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wish. We're not we'll get there. there. Obviously. But um what's good? What's new? What's good? Oh, I had a baby. You she sure did. I met the baby today. Yeah. Oh we're so we're so happy. We're so blessed. I will say the last episode we recorded, episode twenty, I don't know if we really mentioned it, but I was like, give me a raggedy ass towel to sit on just in case my water breaks. Yeah. And then yeah, sure enough, I it like I went into labor later that night. Right. So, like, 12 hours later. It was fantastic. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, which the birth story, I'll I'll make it, like, super short. So, yeah, basically, contractions started at, like, 11 o'clock at night. They were really irregular, but I was like, okay, I think we need to go. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't allow visitors there except for one, so obviously it was going to be Cody. So, I had my parents come and pick up Sam, and then... We went to the hospital, and then they checked to see if my water broke, and it didn't break. But they were like, okay, um, I'm not going to go into too much detail about my um, personal experience there, but basically they were like, the tests are inconclusive on whether you're ready to give a baby or have a baby today. So I need to go run over to the hospital real quick because I had at the birthing center, Mm -hmm. which is right next to the hospital. And they... Like basically, we were there for like three hours. Um, I didn't get my epidural until like two thirty in the morning. Oh jeez. Um, because they were like, oh well, your water's not broken. You're only dilated like two and a half centimeters. And I was like, I'm contracting. You can see it was like every like five minutes or mm-hmm. so. Um, so there was that. They stabbed me twice for the epidural because they missed the original patient. Oh, no. So like my right leg was just like, oh. I remember like I was like, I can't move my legs. I mean, which you're not supposed to. Right. And then there is oh, there was just such a lack of communication at this birthing center. Mm-hmm. So I had seen my OB that day when we recorded and then I went into labor and so they tried to call her. She had gone out of town, what? apparently. I was like, I was just there. I just saw her <laughs> And then um hit this poor nurse, I doubt she listens, her name is Chelsea, but she was like she was trying so hard to go and, like, find the doctor. hmm Wrigley, get out of here. Hi, puppy. Sorry. <laughs> um, she was trying so hard to find somebody to deliver my baby. And then all I remember, because I eventually got, like, two hours of sleep, uh, but she was calling around, Wrigley, get out of here. Ah! I'm so sorry. Ah! Uh, it's just funny because he also typed ah on my computer. No. no. <laughs> let's oh, go. So and um, she was calling me. She's like, hi, I have a patient. She's full plus two. So I was 12 centimeters dilated. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ready to push for like two hours. They Waiting have, on a doctor? They didn't have an OB anywhere in the hospital. And the one that delivered me, he was off at six. Um, and so they were trying to get him. He's like, oh, I'm already off. See if you can get somebody else. And so then like an hour and a half later, I was able to push. Oh, my goodness. But it was like, oh, my God. Honestly, it was... It was not the best experience there, but the outcome was totally worth it. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, we have a beautiful baby girl. Yeah. Well, and, like, our first experience there when we had Sam was perfect. And so I was, like, recommending the birthing hospital to everybody. And then this time. But, yeah, that's pretty much all that's really going on in my life right now. Um, Just staying home, taking care of baby, working on the podcast, playing some video games. We started Skyrim again, even though I haven't beat it. It's been out for like Blake is, ten years. Uh, trying to convince me to get a Switch, he thinks I would love one. Yeah. Do you want to test mine? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I never. Like, I played Nintendo. Like I had a DS growing up, and I had a Game Boy Advance SP. Hell yeah. And my favorite dumb game on there was Barbie Secret Agent. Fuck yeah. Do you know that game? No. Oh my god. It but I did have a Barbie. Beautiful. <laughs> I had a Barbie Dolphin game. I think. Yes. It was fun. I also really enjoy. um... What was it? It was this fashion game on the DS Ooh. that was like you had your own fashion boutique and all this stuff. And I found the DS game equip- or the Switch game equivalent of it. And he's like, "We need this." Wait, what is it? And we need the Switch. What's the game? Oh, it's like Fashion Boutique. And then you can still buy Barbie Secret Agent for a Game Boy SP, but a Game Boy SP is just as expensive as a, a, Switch? a it's like $300. DS. Oh, Which yeah, are, they're like 150 bucks. Are we getting like, was that Darth Vader? It sounds like Darth Vader and your baby crying. Well, she's being changed right now. Cody's taking care of her. What the hell is that? Oh, it's <laughs> it's the water pitcher. Oh That's my so gosh! Stupid. Okay, yeah, we're making coffee <laughs> in here, and uh, it sounds like Darth Vader. It does. Oh my gosh, that was so freaky! I was like, the house is haunted. Because I just took this Snapchat video where I made a weird noise in the background while I was filming it, and then I slowed it real down, and it sounds very spooky, and now I'm like, oh no, I caused the ghosts. You caused the ghosts? Yeah. I'll let you check out the switch. It's a lot of fun. I don't get to play it because anytime I try to, my son takes over. Oh, man. Yeah, Blake says I would enjoy Animal Crossing since I was such a Farmville addict. I don't have that one. I think it was because I just didn't want to join the hype, even though it looks a lot of fun, but I think for the longest time, everybody on Facebook was like, turnips are like this amount of bells and I was like okay what the hell are bells is that like their coin yeah the currency oh see that's where I don't get it like I get it has that whole kawaii kind of vibe on it you know what I mean no how it's like kind of pastel and like yeah a little bit I don't know it just seems not like something I would enjoy I did have Animal Crossing pocket camp on my phone I played that for a long time and see I play phone games all the time like I have so many dumb phone games it's amazing like it's amazing i do i have like all the ones you get the ads for like the untangle all the ropes that are all braided oh yeah i have that one i have (laughs) um where they drop the block and you have to do the right a number you have to make a match so you like get lower blocks and you don't go too high okay uh i don't know what that one's called but i play that one all the time i even paid for the no ads on that one just how much oh my god (laughs) ashlyn it's only like two bucks once once (laughs) it was two dollars one time and i'm like worth it and then I play the game where you have to find all the random stuff that matches in the pile of just stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was tempted to download that. Dude, one that one's was so like, much fun. That looks they fun. give you time constraints and it's like x amount of items. It's super fun. I was gonna say, I remember like that the commercial for it was like, "Where's the toilet paper?" I was like, "It's right
1: Yeah, in there. and that's
0: how they get you to download them because the person playing that phase it of game idiot. is so dumb, and you're like, "I can do better than them. Watch me." That's how they get you. Yeah. I also have like. Farmville, Farmville Paradise, oh my and God. <laughs> um, I also have, like, the one where you build the city, so it's, like, Farmville and Cityville mixed together. I have, like, a Harry Potter one that's, like, Candy Crush. Oh, I might need that one, because I think I have fun. I have classic Bejeweled Blitz. I got Sudoku. I also have a Magic 8-Ball on here for when I need to make decisions. <laughs> you are so cute. And then I have Mahjong. And then the oh, ball what puzzles. I also have Among Us, but I've never played. I have it on my phone too, but I typically play on the PC. I think it's just because I prefer playing with people I know instead of like strangers people who don't. Yeah. Which is like, I don't care when it comes to other cooperative games, but. I don't know. See, that's where it gets me playing games. Like, I have to talk to people for the most part. Ooh, you should download Evil Apples. I mean, I. Don't oh, I know that game, yeah. I, I haven't played that in forever, but it's a fun <laughs> game. Okay. Um, Nothing's new with me. My birthday's is coming up. Yeah, Um, I've been watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm on season six right now, um, out of seven, six out of seven. I haven't seen I haven't seen the seventh season of Buffy. I realized I haven't seen any of it, so I need to watch that. Is that on Hulu? Yes. Okay. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Oh yeah, no, I love her. Allison Hannigan. She she cool. Seth Green. Oh my god. Um, Seth Green's a in a few time. seasons Like that was one of his like beginner roles I think cause that was way before Wasn't he within and without a paddle Where is he now? How's he doing? He does um He's he the does voice like the of on family guy He has a show on Chicken Yeah robot chicken Yeah. Um, He has um he a, played, a whole bunch of production company uh, things he does Dr. Evil's son and Austin Power. Oh my gosh he plays the bad guy in Scooby Doo season or not season. Scooby Doo episode, not episode. The, the second no. live action movie. Okay. Oh my god, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yes, but did you know Matthew Willard? Yes, I love him. He has been the official voice of Scabby, a uh, Scooby. No, oh my god. Jaggy. Yes, thank you. Why? This is why I think I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with words. He has been the official voice of Shaggy since 2010, including that Mysteries Incorporated show that I watch. I used to have the biggest crush on Matthew And he's all, he's like all those Scooby-Doo movies since then, and all that stuff. I learned that. He's been the voice of Shaggy for like 11 years. Hey Matthew. He's definitely not listening, but I hope he is. Someday he could be. Because I enjoy... But he's such a sweet boy. Go. Get out of here, please. Oh, but he's such a sweet boy. boy. Get out of here. Oh, okay. So, um, before we get into our story, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to show you what I got for Valentine's Day. Yeah. I'll upload it on Instagram. Here's one. Oh, The The Melloth Book of Cover-Ups, the 100 Most Disturbing Conspiracies of All Time. Beautiful. I know. That looks like a thick book, though. Is it small print? Yes. No pictures? No diagrams? No, 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 not really no diagrams or anything, but it's over 500 pages. Jeez. And no diagram. That was very loud. <laughs> oh, wait. All right, let's test it. That. that was very loud. Okay. And that'll be very fun. I know. I'm excited. Okay, but here's the it. other one. The Book of Serial Killers. Oh my gosh. So, the first week Blake and I were dating. I checked out the edition that was in our school library. Oh, my God. And I didn't even put it together that the guy I just started talking to might think of it as a red flag that I check out the big book of serial killers. Like, I just thought it was so normal. And then Blake's like, yeah, you checked out that huge encyclopedia of serial killers. And I was like, oh, damn. (laughs) I'm so turned on right now. (laughs) Yeah, I. Um, that's awesome. They have like a second edition, mm-hmm. so that will be like for Mother's Day I or something. I got. Is it a what? newer edition? I not It has to be. I don't think that's a newer edition. I mean, unless. I know No, heard. that one actually recently came out. 2017. Up. So yes, before. But they have another one. This would have been 2014. So I had the edition before this that I checked out. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a lot of. um... Yeah. Like, a lot of things you can it's go like around from. It's like yeah, now I just need a paranormal book. I think they actually, in this cover, they have a bunch of, they have all these other mammoth books of different things here. Ooh! Um, is it all just weird stuff they do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's one of, like, um, like Unsolved Mysteries and all this other stuff. Pulp action? I think the only problem <gasps> is that... Roaring 20 whodunits. Ooh, yeah, so we could just add this to the library. We'll just have to flag them whose books are Okay, so here's the thing. I need the mammoth book of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like, that's just something I need to own. Okay, well, I'll keep that in mind for your birthday okay. present. I do that's not need up. the mammoth book of short erotic novels. <laughs> no, you don't? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Oh yeah, you need the mammoth book of UFOs. I need the book yes. of vampires. We both need the book of women who kill. Hells yeah. You know. Maybe modern crime okay we're gonna take a picture of this page real quick i think the only problem that i found so far is because i have um one of the uh cases that i'm covering here soon um i got some of the information from this book here there's a there's a few like grammatical errors and it was i've only read one case on it so far so i was like okay they got so many pages on the illuminati yeah. I'm gonna have to borrow this sometime. Yeah, for sure. Whenever you need like some inspiration for conspiracies or mysteries or just like um, readings. But, but yeah. I've been getting a lot of inspo because I downloaded TikTok not too long ago. Oh, I think God. I talked about this already. I have found so many pages of like no, these people who actually talk about these haunted places, and they're like check out for more. So it, really? it's not like oh. I'm gonna get the whole thing from a TikTok. It's just like yeah, people giving recommendations on these. Like it's a lot of them are in New Orleans though, because I realized. That uh I think the algorithm knows that I'm spooky, so probably. I think that's it. It definitely knows that, like, my MSN homepage, like, and it'll be like, oh, today in murder, today in murder. Ah, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to show those with you. Those others. are awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. so Today's uh, stories. specials special. Oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> we have Paranormal and True Crime yeah. yeah, and I believe that I am first uh, Mine's pretty short I feel like Paranormal ones are always a lot shorter than our True Crime ones Oh yeah, uh, I will say my True Crime <sighs> one today on, May please. or may not be six pages yeah. Okay. But I'll talk pretty fast, I think oh! oh, sorry I just got whopped with the wiggly tail Anyway, we'll put pictures of Wrigley somewhere so you guys can see how cute he is He's a little golden Retraver. I feel really bad. I just oh, threw okay. a car in the room and closed him. <laughs> it's like a bomb. Yeah. Your name, just drop it in there. Yes. Okay. okay. All right. So, I am going to be talking about the Fairmont Bamp Springs Hotel. Okay. Have you heard of that? No. It's in Canada. Oh. Yeah. I actually, um I was trying to look up spooky places to um research online oh and then we completely forgot something what christina <gasps> christina christina yes oh, oh my gosh, gosh huge shout out to christina, christina. <laughs> we got such a sweet email from her she's a while the... back it's been a while yeah since we've actually like recorded so hello yeah because i think she had sent this you. uh like about two weeks ago it but was we literally were... like the day after you gave birth. It was either the same day you gave birth or literally the day after. Yeah, and we were have it definitely recorded. still in the hospital. Huge shout out to Christina. She says that she's our biggest international fan. She's I our biggest fan. I freaking believe her. because. Just call her that. Yeah. Mom, get out of the way. <laughs> it's Christina now yes so thank you and that also kind of bumped up our listenership in the Czech Republic oh I too. know it's up to 3% and I, I was know. like go this is Thanks, what people Christina. listening internationally does yes so yes huge shout out to you um, and also if you have any uh, recommendations go ahead and share them your, your way Yeah. Any anything local from your end yeah we'd love to hear it if you want us to be obsessed with you you can email us at creepycoffeehouse at gmail.com and just say the most basic nice things yes And, uh, we'll love you forever. Like, we love Christina. Yeah. And she also said that she really loved and appreciated how we just kind of banter back and forth for a while. Which, which, we do have a lot of this episode. Yeah, we do. Which I'm glad. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, Yeah. because... Yeah. we weren't sure how people really enjoy that. If you just wanted us to get to the creepy stories, or if you just, if you liked us talking. Mm -hmm. But she said it was like talking over coffee with her. So, it was like, yes. We love you. So, thank you so much. Um... I feel so bad that I forgot that. I was like, we need to make sure we give her. I know it out. we literally talked about it, and we like made sure we had the name right and everything, and like pff, we hit record, and it was just like, blah, 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 yeah, because we, we had, had all these other things we we're trying to talk about. Yeah, because she came over and we talked for an hour, and I was like, okay, we got to save something for the podcast, and then we just end up talking a little bit more. Yeah, That's bad. We yeah, just, all we do is talk. Anyway, so I had found this story online, but. Then when I was looking at the Haunted Magazine that you let me borrow, this one is actually in there as well, too. Oh, man. Yeah. So, um, I'll just get into it. Uh, This hotel is located at 405 Spray Avenue in Banff, Alberta, Canada, which is approximately 1,414 meters elevation, or 4,639 feet for us American folk, because... Okay, so not as high up as Denver. All right. Sure. Because that's not a mile. Nope. I don't know. Isn't it a mile? Like five thousand I don't know. All right. So yes. So located um, um up this elevation is a Canada Chateau esque uh, styled rail- railway hotel, which is kind of like a French Renaissance Renaissance architecture. Okay. It's really fancy. It's five thousand two hundred and eighty feet. Isn't a mile. Thank you for giving me that. You're welcome. <laughs> that Thank you, Google. information. I just want to be. You know. We're educational but dumb, remember? (laughs) Hey. Yeah. That's what we are. Um, So this was originally constructed in 1888 by the Canadian Pacific Railway, and it's known for being one of the first Canadian railway hotels. In 1883, William Cornelius Van Horn was the general manager of the Canadian Pacific Railway at the time and he first considered building a grand hotel when employees of the railway railroad had discovered several mineral springs in the area and since a railway I'm going to railway I know was, I have to railway, say railway as well too was generated he found this was the perfect opportunity to facilitate the uh, Perfect travel and stay destination along this railway. And Van Horn immediately began constructing a brilliant grand dame that would be the world's most luxurious. That's how he spoke. Exactly. (laughs) So he mapped out some blueprints. I thought it would be more Canadian. I can't. I'm not even going to. He mapped out some blueprints uh, that would be situated at the convergence of the Bow and Spray Rivers. And he hired an architect named Bruce Price to lead the design team behind his vision of this grand dame hotel. Um, the construction began in 1886. Yes, and the hotel would be named the Banff Springs Hotel, where it quickly became known as one of the top three mountain resorts in North America. Nice. I don't. I couldn't find out which the other two were. Um, at the let's time. Let's just assume it. What time period is this again? Uh, 1886. 1883. Oh, that might be too soon for the Stanley. Stanley. Yeah. See, that's what I was thinking, but I can't remember, and we already did an episode of that. I bet it's probably and like the Appalachian Mountains, something more east coast. Maybe. I think I tried to look it up, and I was like, let me just finish working on this episode, and, and then, then I'll look it up, and then I forget forgot about it, because it. Yeah. I, I worked on this a long time ago. So Between 1900 and 1920, many updates and renovations were made to maintain its modernization of the hotel. An 11-story tower was built that would possess woodwork and limestone that was native to Alberta. And uh, But there was an accident that afflicted the entire hotel in 1926, um, so much of the work was compromised at that time. But thankfully, one of the workers of the Canadian Pacific Railway, John W. Oreck, had restored the hotel to its former glory and unifying its parents to what visitors can experience today. So anemones that can be um, seen are not only, like, historic, so, like, they have a grand structure of the hotel, but there are fossils that date back over 450 million years ago within the rock that the hotel sits on. So people can kind of get, like, a nice historic... Oh, Amber was just digging for that paleontology connection there. I was digging for it. I know <laughs> Isn't that such a bad, good one? No, that was a perfect pun. Oh, beautiful guys. Which, okay. Yeah, I've been binging Friends. So it was the one where they had the paleontology conference in Barbados. Uh-huh. And then, like, this girl comes up to Ross and she's like, I'm a huge fan. She's like, can you sign this? And he's like, yeah, dear Sarah, I dig you. <laughs> I, I was mean, like, yeah, i definitely date Ross. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> and see, Ross is, like, my least favorite character on Friends. Yeah, he's... We're we'll get into that. <laughs> That's a different that'll show. be an after hour. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked too much already. Um so yeah, guests can choose from over seven hundred and sixty-four guest rooms or suites and they can eat at any one of the twelve restaurants that are located nice. within the hotel. Yeah, it's fancy AF. So ghost story time. Whoop whoop. I mean, spooks. Yeah. Um so getting into the paranormal aspect of the Grand Hotel, many guests say that they come across this um bellhop named sam mccauley who was an elderly scotsman um that yeah used to be a bellhop throughout the 20th century all stories from guests that have had any sort of interaction with him state that he is incredibly kind and helpful um and one story states that two women were staying at a guest room when apparently their key wouldn't work so they went down to the main hotel like lobby try to get some help they couldn't and they were waiting for like 15 minutes they couldn't get any help from anybody so then they started to head back up to their room when uh, bellhop which matched sam's appearance had come to the rescue and helped out the ladies um when they had relayed the information to the front desk later on the staff were stunned to hear their story when there was no one there that actually um physically helped them sam had also been haunting his whole uh, his old office on the mezzanine floor And also to have materialized at different spots on the sixth, seventh, and ninth floors. He's active, man. Yeah, but overall, most people have just had like a really good experience when coming across this paranormal paranormal apparition. That's good that he's not hostile. Yeah, right. Um, another famous spirit that can be seen around the hotel is known as the bride. So, according to legend, a young couple were to be married at the hotel around the time of its initial opening. Um. There was a lot of back and forth. I found on what had supposedly happened with this bride, um, but apparently she was uh, descending the staircase where either she tripped on the hem of her dress. Um, there was another one where she said that like her like a her br- or her dress had come across like a candle flame. Oh no! Um, and everything was made of fire. Yeah. So no matter what, she had been gliding down the stairwell and just. Tripped and she fell to her death, unfortunately. Um. So what people have been, or what, yeah, people have said they have seen is they can see her, yeah, gliding down the stairwell. They've seen her dancing and twirling around in the ballroom upstairs, and she's veiled in her gorgeous white dress. Um. And many people believe that she's just waiting to dance with the, her beloved for the very first time. Mm. Which, when I think of this, like she's dancing around in the. In the ballroom, like I can just picture the scene from Anastasia. Oh yeah, dancing. Yeah. <laughs> all the Dude, surprise. I was just thinking of that movie too. The it's other day, in the Matrix. dude, we had double, double, *Glitch in the Matrix*. What was another one? The one you told me earlier that you were thinking about, and I was like, "Oh, oh bring God. it on." No, 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 oh. no, no, no. It was not "Bring It On." It was um, something even weirder, obscure. Oh. It was. Uh, Crap, we just talked about it. Oh, crap, the overlords are trying to mess with our brains. That way we can't oh, talk about our glitches. Okay, I can't even remember. Oh, Anastasia was the one we just had. Um. Okay, I'll let you think about that. I'm almost done with my oh, story. will never come back. It'll never come back. Yes, it will. Anyway, so the ghost bride has uh, become so famous in Canada that she has her own postage stamp and collector coin. <gasps> I need it. Oh, I need the collector coin. <laughs> I just found all my squished penny collection. I have a collection of that too. And I have a little passport book it goes in. I don't have one of those. Oh, I'm not I, that nerdy. I got that in like when I was nine and somehow I still have it. And I opened it and I was like I actually all of wanted these ones from like, field trips that I did when I was in like kindergarten. Well, I like I kind of do that. I have like a... Whenever we come across those mm-hmm. anywhere, I always, like, get some, get all of them that I can for Sam. So, I actually thought about getting him one of those passport things because they're he cute. Has, yeah, he has a little collection of those from wherever we've gone. Yeah, and, and then there's just not squished pennies everywhere around your house. That is literally the cheapest souvenir that you can get. 51 cents for a squish penny. <laughs> and they're perfect. I have some from our honeymoon. We got a bunch from Universal Studios. Oh, speaking of that, let me finish the story. <laughs> Then, then I'll get to it. Okay. God, we are like just... I'm telling you, it's bad this morning. Mornings are bad for Ashlyn's ADHD. I'm so sorry. Well, I thought this was the best time to get this done. <laughs> it so. is the best time for our schedule. Yeah. I My brain. <laughs> Your brain? No. <laughs> okay, so um, a real creepy documentation from the hotel had been recorded to have happened in room 873, which has been permanently sealed off from anybody ever entering it in. Entering into the room, anyway. Hotel staff claim that no crime was has ever occurred in the room. However, many people who have stayed there before it was closed mm-hmm. off to the public stated that there was a lot of heavy activity and unexplained apparitions there. Like, someone had mentioned disembodied shrieks and screams in the middle uh. of the night. They would turn on the lights and bloody handprints would be seen on the mirrors. Jesus! So, the rumor behind that is that a man had killed his daughter and wife in the room before taking <gasps> his own life. Oh. Um... But yeah, like staff don't want to talk about it. They, that's fair. They've like closed it's a, off the room. It's a, it sounds like completely. a pretty swanky hotel, other than. Yeah, the and, possible situation there. Yeah, um, some other activity that's mentioned from people staying here, like they've had their pillows yanked out from under their heads while they oh, sleep. Oh, that'd be so annoying. That's like you so would annoy. You to piss me off, ghost. That's how you do it. You <laughs> wake me up with my head just hitting in the bed. Oh, we're gonna have beef. <laughs> That would have just annoyed me. It wouldn't scare me. I'd just be annoyed. Oh, I would... I just know because I'd be sleeping and then I'd just wake up in anger. you start punching Blake. Yeah, Stop. I would be like, why'd you do that, bruh? Like, it wasn't me. It was the ghost. It was the cat, probably. So they would experience that or being pushed out of bed by some unseen entity. Ugh. Um, and just like, yeah, normal, general, paranormal activity, like cold spots, scene apparitions, that sort of thing. Um... And that's pretty much it for what I could discover still about the uh, Fairmount Up Springs Hotel. They really just don't want you sleeping. Pushing you out of the bed. I know. Yanking your pillow out. They're like, "I can't sleep. You can't sleep." <laughs> yeah, i will never sleep in again. I'm taking this pillow. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all that I have. Just a couple of uh, creepy. Or I guess like the bride and the and Sam don't really do. Any terrifying haunting, right? Things, there more... but you have the other general paranormal activity things going on there that mm. you experience at any other haunted location, and then yeah, that creepy room that um, may or may not have had murders. Yeah, which is like I, don't I can't know. think of any other reason why there would be a concentrated thing there, unless it's like I don't know. Yeah, maybe and maybe they just don't want to scare customers, but then you'd also be bringing in a lot of customers who... I don't know. But is that the crowd you want? You think the true crime people are going to be coming in there and spending all their money? Yeah, definitely not in a location that was known as one of the like top three yeah. places <laughs> in North America. Probably not. Like, they don't have the... True crime fair. fans don't have money for that a lot of the time. Fair. Fair enough. But yeah, that's my story. That uh, was beautiful. Yeah. I actually kind of want to look up the coin. I low-key want one. Yeah. And... I would be down to stay in that haunted hotel. That doesn't sound. It, too It doesn't haunted. sound too scary at all. But I would definitely stay sounds, there over the Cecil. It also sounds like uh, way out of my price range. Well, yeah, <laughs> pro- probably. So I I should like look at the prices. Something called the Wichita Ripper. What do you have for us today? I have a very gruesome murder that I have to give like a little bit of a disclaimer. Like, it gets pretty graphic. So, if you don't have, like, a good stomach, maybe this isn't the one for you. And I'll kind of be, like, if you, I'll say, like, before it gets real gross, like, skip ahead five seconds, but skip ahead ten seconds, just in in case you don't want to hear it. But Amber's going to hear it anyway. It's not, like, bad, bad. It's not, like, it's not Bloody Mary bad. Like, Queen Mary. Okay. It's not that bad. It's not, like, Ed Gein bad. But it's disturbing okay anyway we're talking about Catherine knight and uh i don't know really i don't really know where to start because she's the bad person oh she's a bad person okay. she's not the good person in this story but i'm just gonna gonna start at the beginning with her family okay that's just the most easy way for me to do this is just to go chronologically through her life i don't think i've ever heard of her so all right well let's get this this show on the road okay Boy. So, she is... Oh, we're in Australia. Oh, just okay. Just so you know that. Oh, nice. Um, her mother was Barbara Rohan and was from Aberdeen, Australia, and was married to Jack. And when she was married, she had an affair with this man who was her co-worker named Ken Knight. So, in a small conservative town they were living in in Aberdeen, this was like a huge scandal because Jack and Barbara already had four children. When time period um 50s okay we're in the 50s right now did you already say that no I said we're in Australia oh okay sorry I, I just want to make sure that I thought no 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 you're good I want to make sure that I wasn't like yeah no you're good and then yeah this one spans like 50 years damn near all my dates so Aberdeen. that's such a cute little name Aberdeen Abernathy <laughs> why do I know Abernathy I don't know Jake Abernathy why does that sound like a real name Oh, I was thinking, like, Old Man Abernathy. I think that's, like, a fallout thing. Forget it. Okay, I don't. JK. Anyway. Oh, gosh, Ashwin, Let's do this. Okay. So this was, like, a huge scandal. And after Jack and Barbara separated, the two older kids lived with Jack, and the two younger ones lived with Barbara. Okay. So Barbara and her Ken, who she was having the affair with. Um, moved to Moore and then the two of them had a set of twins October 24th of 55 and one of those twins was Catherine. Okay. So she's kind of the main person here. In 1959 Barbara's first husband Jack had died so the older two kids that were living with him now moved in with Knight so she had her four kids from her previous marriage plus the twins Jeez. Okay. Jeez. with um, Ken. Okay. So Ken Knight was a severe alcoholic who was violent, intimidating, and sexually abusive towards Barbara who and Barbara in turn told her kids in depth about her sex life and how much she hated men and sex. So it's just not a good upbringing at all. So sad. I it's terrible. Yeah, you're already off to a really bad start. I Like know. and it just gets it's gets it's insane. That's yeah, um, really heartbreaking sidebar it is just we talk about these, like, serial killers, and their upbringing is terrible. And she's not... It is, like, a lot of nature-nurture kind of thing. Yeah, like, this but is it's definitely... just, like, it's so sad where it's, like, mm-hmm. you have to console yourself with... Okay, continue. Oh, okay. This just makes me sad. Just about every single one of these that have we've ever begun with that's like, um, well, this childhood is terrible. Catherine herself was also sexually abused by other family members until the age of 11, Um, It was very clear that her father was not one of these individuals, though. Oh. Um, It was other family members. Um, In her youth, she was described as, quote, a pleasant girl who experienced uncontrollably murderous rages in response to minor upsets. Oh. Wow. Okay. And so when she went to high school, she was, like, a big loner, didn't really have a lot of friends. There are two instances. um, One where she assaulted a boy at school uh, with a weapon, and another... Where Catherine was injured by a teacher, but the teacher, when they went to trial, was found to be working in self-defense. So okay. Catherine was being crazy and she got injured. She attacked a teacher. The teacher at- attacked back in like self-defense and was like kept their teaching license. Everything went to a whole trial and was found to be acting in self-defense. But whenever she wasn't in a rage, she was literally a model student and had several awards for good behavior. Do you think? It was, like, bipolar or some other, um, like... They don't really go into what it is. I think it's just she gets set off, like, with everything that's happened in her life growing up. Yeah, I guess so. And everything that she knows about the world. But um, it's just weird. She has this big dichotomy of murderous rage and just perfectly normal model student, model citizen. I'm fine. I don't know. It's like a Dr. Jackal, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Okay. But she left high school at 15 and somehow left without learning how to read or write. Um, and she worked at a clothing factory cutting cloth for a while until her dream job at an abattoir, I think is how you say it, um, as an oval. Okay, so this is like she's a person cutting down the animals to make your cuts of meat. It's kind of like a butcher. Oh, that's what she's doing. I was like, it's I don't kind of sorry. like a butcher but i think it's a little bit different i think it has to do more with fish maybe okay maybe i am not sure dream i should job? have looked up yeah her dream job okay. um and she ray was promoted to boning um after being an awful an awful awful i have no idea i feel like abattoirs are fish that's all i know okay i should have looked that up but anyway but when she was promoted she got this like super top notch set of butcher knives and that she loved and adored and um, always kept hanging over her bed no matter where, like every place she moved. Always had them hanging over her bed just in case. Are you looking up what an abattoir is? I don't know how to spell that. A B A. Oh, hold on. A B A. T T O oh, I okay. R. There it is. I think it heard me. It just says a slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she was working her dream job, I guess. Good for you. I mean, someone's got to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I just never thought of that as, hey, what do you want to do for a living? Work in a slaughterhouse. Yeah, and I mean, you know, someone's got to have the job. Mm, yeah. Because I like eating meat. But anyway, um, in 1973 is when she meets um, Dan Stanford Kellett. Or not Dan, David Stanford Kellett. Um, he was a heavy drinker and one of her coworkers And a lot of people believe that he was a heavy drinker due to witnessing his friend die in a shunting accident on the railway. Oh. Has to do with the railway. But also seeing a bus full of children stall out on the tracks and get hit by a train. Oh my god. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, I'd be pretty, um, That's That's kind of why they think he was a heavy drinker. And he was also very impressionable in the relationship, and it said that, like, Catherine dominated him like there was no oh. question it was what Catherine wanted or nothing and um, was I'm sorry I can't remember if he said was he like an abusive drinker or just like he just he drank? was just a drinker he was not okay necessarily the abuser in this situation okay I, I then I kind of understand like you or physically or not physically you're like mentally stunted after seeing oh yeah and then you start dating this girl Catherine and we'll get into her so the two got married in 1974 And here's a quote from uh, Catherine's mother Barbara on the wedding day Um Well and this is like From David saying this Um the girl The old girl said to me watch out You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you Stir her what? up the wrong way or do the wrong thing You're inter-fucked Don't even think about playing her she'll fucking kill you And that was the mother uh, talking, She told me someone... She's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. As Barbara talking about her daughter to her husband on their wedding day. Okay. So, on their wedding night, Catherine attempted to strangle David with a phone cord because they only had sex three times and he wanted to go to bed. Uh, three times that night? Mm-hmm. Oh. And she strangled him with a phone cord on their wedding night. Attempted. Didn't actually kill him, but attempted to. Maybe she, Okay. Um... Oh. oh. And then... only three times. I know. When she was pregnant with her first child, um, she set all of David's clothes on fire in the yard and hit him across the face with a frying pan because he had come late from a dart tournament because he was sent into the finals and won. So it went to like an overtime thing. Um, He ran to a neighbor's house and went to the hospital with a fractured skull. Police wanted to charge her, but she was now acting like a model citizen again. And like being like oh my oh no and like convinced david not to press charges on her so she's very uh, manipulative you see uh, in this there's whole so like, thing, there's so many red flags and then this yeah. isn't even like okay oh okay okay um so in going. may 1976 after the birth the birth of their first child whose name is i believe melissa yeah melissa um, David left Catherine for another woman and moved to Queensland because he just couldn't cope anymore. Yeah. He couldn't cope. So did he leave the daughter? Yes. Okay. Um, the next day, Catherine was seen walking down Main Street with the baby in the pram and like violently throwing it side to side. No. And she was admitted to St. Um, Elmo's Mental Hospital in Tamworth where she had been diagnosed with um, postpartum depression and she spent several weeks in there. Who took care of the baby? Um, I think it was the hospital. Something I don't know who took care of the baby oh, okay. at that point She didn't um, get the baby back, did she? When she was released She placed two month old Melissa on the railroad tracks Before a train was coming Stole <gasps> an axe and then went into town threatening to kill people Luckily an old man known as Old Ted was foraging nearby the railway And just moments before the train Passed, saved the baby Oh, I hate this story I hate it so um, much right now. Catherine was arrested again. i chills, but not good ones. I know, and this isn't even, like, the trigger part I was talking about. What? No. Okay, so this guy. Okay, okay so Catherine was arrested again and <coughs> taken to the same mental hospital, but she had somehow recovered and signed herself out the next day. Um, Who's in charge of these places? <laughs> I have no idea. This is also the 70s and Australia. I don't know anything about the 70s and Australia. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, A few days later, she slashed a girl in the face with a knife and demanded that she drive her to Queensland to find David. Um, The lady escaped when they stopped at a service shop that David got his car fixed at. Um, By the time the police arrived, Catherine had taken a little boy hostage and was threatening to kill him. The police disarmed her by hitting her with a bunch of brooms until she dropped the knife. Because they were, like, not trying to – it was – I just think that's a really funny image, just getting snapped I actually – I have a funny story I want to mention about Catherine Knight now that I'm looking at her because I just looked her up. But I want to wait until after. Okay. You're done. I'm sorry. You're good. So what'd she do with brooms? She hit somebody with brooms? No, no, no. Not- the cops disarmed her with – because she was holding a boy hostage at uh-huh. this service station when the cops came and was threatening to kill this boy. Um, they just smacked her with a bunch of brooms until she dropped the oh knife. Oh no, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was distracted. I know bite, you totally are fine. <laughs> um, and she was taken to um, afterwards. She was taken to Morrisette Psychiatric Hospital. Catherine told the nurses there that she had intended on murdering the mechanic at the shop for fixing David's car, which enabled him to leave her. And then the next stop was murdering David and his mother in in Queensland. Um, when David and his mother learned of this whole murder plot, their decision was to move back to Aberdeen and uh, live with her, to support her. Like, your ex-wife wants to murder you and your mom, and you just decide, you know what, we'll go support her so she doesn't murder us. Uh, Yeah. And so (laughs) she was released in August of that year to the custody of her mother-in-law and David, um, and then they moved to Woodridge outside of uh, Brisbane, where... Um, she got a job at the Denmark Meatworks facility, so she was back to doing her weird butchery stuff. Okay. Um, in March of 1980, David and Catherine had their second daughter. What? His name is Natasha, so now that's six kids total. No, no, no. Not six kids total. It's just two for her. It's just two for her. I'm getting her mom's kids added up there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what? So he left Catherine for another woman, went to Queensdale. Queensland. Queensland, sorry. And then she slashes a girl in the face, tells her, you drive me to Queensland. Yes, but, so he leaves this woman and goes back to Catherine. Yeah. And they have another child? Yeah. After this whole murder plot, yeah. David. I know. David. You know, men can be in abusive relationships, too. I think this is a very good important oh, thing yes, to highlight. Oh yes, no, absolutely. I'm just thinking, honey, what were you do? What are you why? I know. So in 1984, Catherine left David and moved in with her parents at Ab- in Aberdeen at first, and then moved into a rental nearby in town. Um, around this time, that she had injured her back severely and was unable to work anymore, so she had started getting workers' comp and um, government pension and government housing. That's what she had. I wonder what happened. What happened? Um, I don't. It was literally, I think, just an injury on the job. Well, was what it was too bad it with, with her, her paralyzer. Back. That might have saved a lot of stuff. Yeah. So in 1986, Catherine met a different David. David Saunders. Okay, so this is a new David. Okay, um, he was a 38-year-old miner. Um, After a few months of dating, he moved in with her and her two daughters, but still kept his old apartment in Scone. Oh, no. Um, Catherine grew suspicious of, like, what he was doing when she wasn't around and would, like, frequently throw him out. So he really did need this apartment in Scone because, like, it was, like, a constant, like, I don't know what you're doing, so I'm just going to throw you out. And, like, it's a whole arguing thing. And then she would go up to the apartment and be like, I want you back. Please come back. All this kind of stuff. But in May of 1987 this is a very sad thing so skip forward i oh, don't know uh she cut the throat of his 2-month-old dingo pup in front of him at his, as an example of what would happen to him if he had an affair and then knocked him unconscious with a frying pan she's like she's like the girl from tangled just yeah like, but i just frying pans but yikes not as not as not cute, as cute <laughs> slitting the a throat of a 2-month-old dingo puppy that's Yikes. And in June of 1988, she gave birth to Saunders and her daughter. So now she has three baby girls. Um, This led to him putting down a deposit on a house nearby. And the next year, Catherine had paid off the house with her uh, work comp check and um, had decorated the house with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. And no space, including the ceiling, was left uncovered. Isn't that a great environment to welcome home a baby in? This makes me really sad. I know. Oh, my God. Um, uh, there was an argument where she hit uh, this David in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. Afterwards, um, he moved out, took a long leave from work, and went into hiding. Yes. Um, Catherine tried to find him, like, literally tried to find him and track him down, but was unable to. Uh, but when... This David came back to see his daughter. He found out that Catherine had gone to the cops. Said she was scared of him, afraid of what he would do to her, oh and God. had put out a the equivalent of like a restraining order. And that's kind of like the problem with, yeah, um, I, uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to think of, do what was the kid's name? Was it his name, Albert Wilson? He was the um the man that was accused of raping a white woman. But he didn't do anything. So this woman, like, he—he's wasted so many years in jail for this woman who's like fake accusing. I—I—I mm. I, I hope I got his name right. But I don't like, know. I, the more you talk about it, the more it sounds familiar. But it's just like I hate it when you know women are pledging for this like Me Too movement, and then yeah, you was, she's also not a great example of a feminist. I think. Oh yeah, no, I—I <laughs> just like I think it's just like okay. I hate women are always going to be backed up more than men will be mm-hmm. and that sucks when men are I mean it's hard because yeah, like you can't people don't believe that men can be in the like abusive side of it men are never looked at as, as a, a victim. victim when they can be for sure yeah all the time and it's like, look at her track record versus this guy. Dude, I mean, yeah, she's been hospitalized four times for homicidal stuff already. Yeah. Yeah, so you At this point. W- and you're gonna be like, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway. But yeah, this is the 80s, and
1: in Australia, we are, how are how in how the work? 90s in Australia. So in
0: 1991. Catherine had another child with a former coworker worker named John, and their relationship lasted for about three years before she left him for a man that she had been having an affair with named John Price. So, so two Johns, two, two Davids. Davids. Two Davids, two Johns, yes. Now John Price. I'm getting really confused with all these kids and all these people. Okay, so what yeah. What happened to the first guy? First David. The first David, she left him. Did she kill him? No. She left him. There has not been a murder yet. I'm about to talk about it. Oh. I wonder if he... Okay. The first David was left... She left him. The second David, he left her, went into hiding. Oh, no. I'm just saying... Okay. Pause real quick. It says her spouse, the first David, I think, Mm -hmm. died in 1984. Yeah, but not related to anything she was doing. I I wasn't sure if, like... No. He he said that she left him in 1984, so I wasn't sure if it was... No. He was not murdered. All right. You can cut that out if you need to sorry okay. I was like I still have her pulled up and I was like oh my god did she kill him no that was just her only spouse okay she never married again I wonder why yeah so John Price was the father of three at the time of the affair and two of the children lived with him one of them lived with the mother he wasn't married at the time but she was seeing the other John um Price was very well aware of her violent behavior but still allowed her to move into her into his place in 1995 um, in 98, they had a huge fight over John refusing to marry her, and she got her revenge by filming everything in his home that he had stolen from work. Oh. And a lot of these items were, like, expired medical kits, things that would have been garbage if they weren't. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he was still fired from his job of 17 years. That sucks. Um, and that same day, he kicked her out, and they kind of uh, broke up that same day. Yeah. And um, a few months later, John had restarted the relationship but didn't allow oh. her to move in, and they fought even more this time, and at this point, his friends wanted nothing to do with him while the two were together. Is this John 2? John 2, right? Yeah, we're, okay. s- we're only talking about this John now. Okay, there's Sorry. no more Johns. There's more? There's no more oh. Johns. Oh, <laughs> I was like, God! <laughs> I know, she's got a pattern she's, here. She's got a type. It's like David's an abundance of Catherines, but it's David and John. <laughs> an abundance of Johns. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in February of 2000, um their fighting was at its peak uh Catherine had stabbed him in the chest and he kicked her out um on February 29th he had filed a protection order against her for uh him and his children and the afternoon that he put out the um order he told his coworkers that if he didn't come into work tomorrow it was be because Catherine killed him and his coworkers begged him not to go home, but John was very scared that if he didn't go home, that he, she would murder his children, no. his two that lived with them. Um, when he got home, he found that Catherine had sent the kids away for a sleepover at a friend's house, and she was not home at the time either, so he came home to an empty home. The kids were at sleepovers, she wasn't there. Were they actually at sleepovers? They were actually at sleepovers. Okay. Um, and he spent the evening with his neighbors and then went to bed at 11 p.m., uh, Catherine arrived sometime when he was sleeping and watched TV for a few minutes and then took a shower. He woke up, they had sex, and then they went back to sleep. Um, at 6 a.m. the next day, um, the neighbor was very concerned when he saw that John's car was still in the driveway, because he had normally left for work at this point. Oh, no. And at the time, he was supposed to be at work around 7 a.m. His coworkers were starting to get worried around, uh, around that time, his boss sent somebody to go check his home, make sure if he didn't oversleep, make sure he's okay. Oh. Um, so they tried knocking on his bedroom window to wake I him up. I love these people that are checking in on people. Because this is, like, the third or fourth story where we're, like, they were worried about their co-worker or their friend because something oh, yeah. was suspicious. No. Oh, my gosh. I have this group chat of a bunch of girls I work with. And one of the girls wasn't responding or opening things for, like, three hours. And everybody in the chat was freaking out. She was fucking taking a nap. Oh, <laughs> We were like, is she alive? See, that's what you guys know. <laughs> Same with me with Snapchat, I only, only look at it every yeah. other day, and so it's like you don't know if I'm dead or not. Right, and so I know I'm, unless the string is the gone. Thing. So. <laughs> I'll open things from Amber, and she'll be responding to things that I sent days ago. And I'm like, what the hell did I send her? I know, I'm so sorry. And, and you're not you the only it. person. I do that to everyone. It's everybody. because I send it in a picture, and I should just type it in there, because I can save it in there. Versus. I'll be more descriptive when I respond to your message. It's, it's just like my sister sending me things out of context about things we say on here, and I'm like, did I say that? I know, I forgot. I don't know. Like, I mean, I talk about a lot of stuff sometimes. I, I can't stop talking. I completely forgot that I did a story of uh, the family who disappears. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot I did that one. I forgot you did too until you mentioned it. <laughs> okay. But anyway. And we've only done 21 episodes, so this is weird. This is going to get worse. Um, we've had like 800 topics today alone, so I forgot what we already talked about. Shoot, you are right. Um, so they tried knocking on his bedroom window to wake him up, and then they went around to the front door and saw the blood on the front door, and they called the cops around 8 (gasps) a.m. Oh, no. Uh, police broke down the back door and found, uh, John Price's body and Catherine comatose from taking a bunch of pills. Um she had apparently stabbed John with a butcher knife while he was sleeping according to the blood splatter he uh, woke tried to turn on the light and attempted to escape while she chased him through the house he was able to open the front door and get outside where either he dru he was drugged, or he had fell back into the indoor hallway mm-hmm. and that was where he bled out um after this Catherine went into town withdrew a thousand dollars cash from his account at an ATM um And oh I accidentally scrolled too far, my bad. The autopsy that was performed stated he was stabbed thirty seven times. Oh my god. Um this is where it gets real gross graphic, sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, this is what I'm um, for. The several hours counts. post-mortem, she then skinned him and hung the skin on a meat hook in the archway of the doorway in the living room, and then she decapitated him and cooked parts of his body and served it with baked potato, pumpkin, cabbage, zucchini, yellow squash, and gravy at two place settings at the table, along with little notes um, on the sides of these place settings with both the names of his children, <gasps> meaning that she had set the intention of feeding him to his children. Holy shit. A third meal was thrown in the back lawn, and it's suspected that Catherine was trying to eat it, but could not eat it. Oh, really? You couldn't eat your own husband? Mm Mm-hmm. And they weren't even married, because he wouldn't marry her. boyfriend. Yeah. Psychopath. (gasps) Um, Tell me more. Catherine had also left a note on the dresser that accused John of raping her daughter, but this was never substantiated. This was all just her being crazy trying to set up a scene where she was justifying oh. cooking. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. they don't believe that she would like or th- yeah, they don't believe that John would rape his daughter, her daughter, her daughter. No, no, no. That was never like they they looked for evidence of it, and there was no claim that John ever oh, okay. actually did anything to any of Catherine's children. Yeah. He was a good dude. She was just psycho. And you guys are just now seeing that, or? or? Well, I'm just saying, like. No, no, I'm not. It's nothing to get to. I'm just really kind of upset that, it's like, it cost him his life. Well, I mean, I don't think she was so normal. Like, she came home, took a shower, watched some TV, they had sex, they went to sleep. And so then he some... wakes up to being stabbed multiple times in the abdomen. So with the... Um, and then she just keeps spiraling from there, and then I think she was just trying to backpedal and give her, like, a manslaughter plea. What Do you think with, like, the um, the pills, was she trying to, like, overdose? I think or? she was, yeah. Okay. I think that's what it was, and that's why she was trying to do all that. Um, She had initially offered a plea to, to plead guilty to manslaughter, but it was rejected, and she was arraigned on murder charges February 2nd in 2001, She initially pled not guilty and was set to go to trial, and in the fall of that year, however, she changed her plea one day into the trial to guilty. So, um, the justice presiding over the case stated that due to the nature of the crimes and Catherine's lack of remorse, she required a serious sentence, Mm -hmm. and she was the first woman to be sentenced to life in prison without parole in Australia, and she has been marked never be released. Good. Good. Uh, she attempted to appeal a life sentence, claiming this uh, was too severe, but it was dismissed right away. Yeah. And that's the story of Catherine Knight. <laughs> Holy. Isn't that fucked? So she only murdered one person. She only murdered one person, but she had done all that crazy yeah, stuff beforehand. No. I, yeah. Hospitalized multiple times. They, I think I, I, it also like was a comment oh, on men- mental health, too, because yeah. when she was first hospitalized, it was just for postpartum depression. And she was only in there for a little bit, and then she was able to sign herself back out. And that kind of stuff, so mental health is coming a lot way in the States, and I'm sure in Australia as well, since the 70s, 80s, 90s. And yeah, and we've kind of talked about that before, about how, yeah, mental health, it was not taken seriously, and I think, you know... and like, I just think she had the the terrible upbringing, and I think that's definitely what it was. That's why I was like, we're just going to start at the beginning, because I don't know how else to, like, break this up. Yeah, I... That's... Yikes. Wow. And I think that, yeah, postpartum depression, just any sort of depression should not be overlooked. But also, I think there was more going on than just postpartum depression. Like, well, with yeah, all that stuff, I mean, and I think that's what was underdiagnosed. Yeah. And, like, because it but, very well could have escalated even more because of that. But she definitely had those issues beforehand. Yeah. And I'm Holy definitely God, not a psychologist. I I don't know. But, ah. yeah, that's the story of Catherine Knight. Wow. What was your story then? Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Let's, a little comedic. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures of her and I remember um, with Casey Lynn, we mm-hmm. were in a group chat with her, um, Cody and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how we got into this topic, but I was like, Brian, you look like Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. Like he looks like a more handsome Ted Bundy. Right. But I was like, all right, so now we're going to, oh, we know this wasn't with my husband, this was with one of his friends, one of Brian's friends. Um so we were in that group chat and I was like, okay, let's see what other like what serial killer we all look like. So I said that Casey Lynn looked like Rosemary West. Okay. Um I forgot what their friend Austin I guess our friend. He's not just he's our friend. Um but they're closer yeah. to him than I am. Anyway, oh, I, I get you yeah I don't remember who I said that he looked like Oh, no, Richard Ramirez is who Oh, my gosh. He like. He's a very handsome guy, but I was you just know, like, I don't know take why. Take the I was psychopathy like, out of the eyes. Maybe yeah. it's a resemblance. You have nice teeth. You don't look like a complete serial <laughs> You don't killer. have those bundy teeth. But I said that I look like Catherine Knight specifically because of this face here where she's, like, making this this derpy-ass like. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, she is gingery. She's pretty gingery. But when I, I was like, you know what? She's not really a looker. I mean, she had two Davids, two Johns. She must have been really good in bed. Here's the thing. As I was doing these notes, I was like, man, she's such a shitty wife. And I was like, man, I'm a really good wife. <laughs> like, I know. It's I like, was, like, doing this, and I'm like, I am a great partner. I don't <laughs> know what's going on. Like, I could just put it into perspective, you know? Like, yeah, I'm not a terrible wife. I could be <laughs> Catherine Knight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Blake? You could have had it so much worse. Yeah. You know, me checking out my <laughs> but, but Yeah, the serial killers the first week we're dating. And but, then I'm like, I could be Catherine Knight. It could be a lot worse here.
1: But yeah, watch this out. Is why I get said a bunch that I looks
0: like Catherine Knight. We'll post that picture because of this picture right here, yeah. where she's making this this derpy, derpy ass okay. grin, and she's got these like orangey glasses on. Like, so just FYI, we'll post that picture with the notes. But look at that. <gasps> is that? <gasps> I don't know that that's actually that. That might just be a picture of pot roast. Yeah, that might just be a picture of pot roast. There's no way they would put human meat on the internet. I'm gonna be sick. I'm, you know, they found his head still in the pot, like in the spoiling pot, and it was still warm. So they had deduced that he had been started to be cooked like early that morning. I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, I I did see here. So she um, like it's like she pretty much like had just passed out. Is what they were getting at. So when they showed up. It says where is she now? And she's still in the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center. Yeah, never being released. Nana. She's known as Nana there. (sighs) Hi, puppy. He scared me. (gasps) Wow. Hi. And that's why I didn't want Lottie in here. (laughs) (laughs) Cody just gave me the like weirdest. It's okay, Cody. If you listen to this episode, you'll know why I didn't want Charlotte in here. Oh, Okay. Okay. He says okay. It makes me feel... No, oh, no I'm, I'm already, already done. done. I already oh, talked about it. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Isn't that terrifying? I was really hungry earlier, but... And now you're not? Not really. <laughs> uh, sorry. Wrigley's getting all in my face, and he's like, I just want to love you, but there's so many cords. There's so many cords, and I just so want to love laptops. you. so many laptops. There's so many screens and cords. I know, because Amber yeah, has finally gotten a laptop. It's not from 2008. Oh, it's my gosh. It's from, like, this year. Round of applause there. I know. So now we have three laptops we go off of because I'm like, I don't want to overload my one that we record on anymore. Yeah, well, and there was also a lot of pass-off, too, because I'd be like, all right, I don't want to read this off my phone because that's where we keep all of our documents is through mm -hmm. Google Docs. And so I was like, can I borrow your laptop? And then, yeah, I had my one from, uh, like, senior year of high school. And, and Blake doesn't even use his little tiny laptop anymore like he will if he's like has to go on work trips and stuff but yeah but yeah this way it's easy for me to um, she so can do notes on the go yeah I can do notes on the go my husband's also been using it too because he has a YouTube uh, thing that he's using for gaming and so he can uh, hey type do you up want us to promote there? your gaming YouTube on our podcast we could have it be like an ad. If people are interested in guides for a dead game, check it out. It's Farshot. (laughs) It's not a dead game, babe. A lot of people still play that game. Yes, we'll plug him right here. It's Farshot. It is, there's another account on YouTube also named Farshot. It is not the one with the shirtless guy. Be real. Don't look that up. Awesome. This is our first ad. (laughs) She's sleeping, nah, she's got those little eyes open. She's got baby bird eyes. Hello, hi, she's baby. She's such a girl. little nugget, she is. She's a snuggle baby. She's a little nugget, she's yeah. Cody's making that face because he's really upset she won't sleep in her car. I am not upset, no, I, yeah. You say that like I'm no, he's furious, he, guys. Yeah. No. He's throwing no chairs. I kind of have to hold my daughter, <laughs> no, I'm holding my daughter, yeah. no like, she just she sleeps on my chest like pretty much all night. You. I love it. Right. Keep her there. We gotta go change. Okay. But, okay. Wow. That's gross. That was a good one. That was a good one. It was fun. I, was I feel like I did that <laughs> six pages of notes real fast, though. I feel yeah, like you did. I um, figured out. I had to talk to my brain and be like, let's focus. I think we the majority of this story. episode was us interrupting each other with different stories and just all of our sidebars. You like, know yeah. what? We're still under an hour and a half. Which oh, wow. is really surprising because it feels like that was a long one. It, it, yeah, an hour and a half. That is a long one. I, I said we're under. Yeah, you said just that. Okay. Anyway, not <laughs> whatever. <laughs> anyway, what? you can follow us on Instagram at creepy coffeehouse podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at creepy coffeehouse, but it's coffee HSE, because uh, characters and all that jazz. You can email your story suggestions and your um. Coffee recommendations to our email, which is creepycoffeehouse at gmail.com. Also, if you have any comments or criticisms. Oh no, 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 no. Just send us love. I, I love yeah. I just need love. That's send me was. stuff for my birthday. You won't hear this until after my birthday, but it's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> like two weeks after my birthday. That's fine. Anyway, I um Emma, like you can please um rate, review, or follow, subscribe, wherever you're listening. It really does help our numbers as we get um started and if you leave a review on itunes uh put something in the comments on it we'll read it out loud you can do shout outs on there to your friends to whatever um we'll read it as long as it's not mean but um <laughs> i'm Ashlyn. i'm amber and we'll see you next time at the creepy coffee house bye